Years ago, Janine and I conducted a series of evangelistic meetings in Kanapaw, India. We took several couples with us to help with the many logistics involved. Everything had been going you know, very well, except that two of the couples were having some personal issues with one another. As it turned out, Ron and Pauline, along with the other couple, found themselves on a joint visitation team. <laughs> well, that was the day they decided to visit a lady who was having spiritual troubles. No one at the time realized just how serious those troubles were and how serious their trouble would become. It's time to join your guide, Jim Ayer, for an exciting 12-episode journey into remodeling your life. You're going to discover that God's transforming power is real, and He's ready to provide that power to you. Now here's your guide, Jim Ayer, to take you on the journey of a lifetime, an amazing and dynamic experience with God. The visitation couples had no idea what the devil had in store for them. Upon arriving at the lady's house, the pastor who was with the two couples asked everyone else to leave the dwelling, except for the lady in question and her close friend. They sat on the dirt floor in a tiny dark room holding hands in a circle of prayer. Ron began to pray, but as he prayed, the woman they were praying for grabbed his wrist and started to squeeze very hard. Now, Ron was an extremely strong man, but he could not pry her hand from the painful vice grip, and it was hurting more and more by the moment. The couple saw what was happening, and as their eyes of both couples met, they realized that they were not wrestling against flesh and blood. Fear gripped their hearts as they immediately asked forgiveness of one another for all the previous feelings which had been building between them. They cried to God and asked for help against the enemy of souls. Still in the deadly grip of the demon-possessed woman, Ron was now joined by the rest of the team in prayer, demanding that the demon release the arm of Ron, and immediately the demon obeyed. Never again did the two couples allow any petty problems to disrupt their mission for God. After experiencing the power of Satan, their focus was steadfastly fixed upon Christ. <laughs> the great need of the Holy Spirit was, and the work set before them was their only concern from then on. I hate to wait at stoplights and gas lines and traffic jams and at airlines. Oh, and I can't forget the checkout counters in the supermarket. I just love the checkout counters. Of course I'm not serious. Wait, wait, wait. But misery loves company, and I'm in good company. You see, the disciples' waiting ability was tested when the Lord told them to follow specific instructions after he had ascended. Do not, he said, depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. What promise was he speaking of? Well, the answer is found in the remainder of the verses associated with the command. You shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You shall receive power. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. Jesus promised the power of the Holy Spirit to those who would wait for it. Many theologians believe this promise was fulfilled following Jesus' coronation ceremony shortly after his ascension as described in chapter 5 of Revelation. Jesus alluded to the occasion in the book of John when he cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But he spoke this about the Spirit, which they who believed on him should receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified.
The followers of Christ had already received a measure of the Holy Spirit and had experienced the results of that bestowal in many ways. But they were to receive still greater power, which would fit them for a much larger work, taking the gospel to the entire world. The command to wait as long as they were supposed to was given by Jesus. They were to patiently wait, trusting in the Master's command. And their wait would not be in vain, but it had been almost 10 days with no word from the Lord. How do you react when you receive no word from God? Well, we find an interesting situation from a lady in Matthew chapter 15. This lady had amazing faith and her promises of God sustained her when it seemed that God had no ears. And it says here, Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of these borders and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And there was the time that the devil slammed Job's hell so hard that he wished he could die. The devil destroyed the children, his job, his property. And so Job cried out in desperation and pain to God. How did God answer his friend? There was absolutely no word for 37 chapters. No, I could cite many other instances in the Bible when God seemed to be silent. But the followers of God do not give up because they completely trust in him. The disciples learned this trust and the fulfillment of the promises as recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. And suddenly there came the sound of heaven as of a, a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire. It sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The disciples knew that they were helpless without the promised power of the Holy Ghost. So they continued praying and kept asking for that Holy Spirit. Are you willing to ask and continue asking for His abiding presence until you receive it? And to unite as one fellow believer with that goal in Jesus Christ? On the day of Pentecost, 120 people were baptized with tongues of fire as the Holy Spirit descended upon them, infusing them with tremendous power. But what had they been doing for the preceding 10 days prior to this historic experience? According to Ellen White, she says, in the room all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They made thorough work of repentance by confessing their own sins, setting aside all differences and alienations. They were of one accord and prayed with unity of purpose for 10 days. Wow, can you imagine that? Praying together, coming together for 10 days. The disciples had been at odds with one another over many issues. One of the premier issues was who was to be the greatest in the kingdom. These men had become political climbers. <laughs> James and John even had their mother do some lobbying on their behalf. She came to Jesus one day and asked him to grant that her son sit on either side of Christ in the new kingdom. And all the behind the scenes bickering and fighting, the Lord responded by calling a child over and saying, unless you are converted and become as a little child, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> Think about it. If you get 120 people together to do anything, there's going to be problems that typically raise their ugly head. Can you imagine spending 10 days together in one location? These followers were committed and sincere about getting it right with one another and with God. 
They would not let anything interfere with their desired goal of receiving more of the Holy Spirit, more of His abiding presence. This commitment and drive resulted in a God-enabling upper room prayathon. Announcing His approval of their faithfulness, the silence of God was broken and the promise fulfilled. The Holy Spirit fell as flames of fire upon every believing, repentant, reconciled seeker in the room that day. And finding no unconfessed sin, the flames did not consume them, but bathed the recipients in an enabling power and glory. The fledgling church was born through the strength of their almighty Creator. Today, right now, God is looking for a people He can trust with this amazing gift. The question is, can He trust you? The sound of the Spirit rushing into the house was so great that day, it drew a crowd of curious, searching people. You see, when God transforms people, <laughs> He always attracts attention. And on that day, 3,000 responded to the preaching of the once ignorant disciples. Jim was a drug dealer, an alcoholic, and a thief until God called him. But that was just the beginning. As someone said, he has lived six lifetimes. He became wealthy, lobbied on Capitol Hill, and was a church leader. But he was lost until God gave him a second chance. People tell us when you start reading Second Chance, you can't put it down. Your loved ones who may be wondering if God will give them a second chance will love it too. Now here's the information you need. Call us or visit us online. Since 1849, the Review and Herald Publishing Association has produced the best of Christian literature, helping guide people around the world into a closer walk with Jesus Christ. And they continue to be committed to bringing you the very best, helping you fall more deeply in love with your Lord. That's why they partnered with Jim Eyre to place transformation into the hands of every Christian. There's no doubt that your heart and mind will be thrilled as you read Transformation and ponder life's choices in the weekly study guide and spend quality time with family, friends, or your church group viewing this exciting 12-episode DVD series. You owe it to yourself and to those you love, Transformation. Call us today to purchase the book, study guide, the DVD series, or all three at a package price. Call 800-876-876. 7313 or log on to transformationinfo.com. Now's your opportunity to purchase Jim Eyre's entire transformation package at one low price. You'll receive the book, the 12 week study guide, and the 12 episode DVD series. Each item will offer you, your family, and your church the tools to transform a dull, lifeless Christian experience into a vibrant and victorious life. This will truly be an investment for eternity. Call today, 800-876-7313, or log on to transformationinfo.com. I want to ask you a very personal question. Do you sense that God is telling you that there is or are relationships in your life that need repairing, reconciliation? You don't want anything coming between you and the gift of the latter rain. In a little book called Last Day Events, this counsel is very appropriate. And I quote, We need not worry about the latter rain. All we have to do is keep the vessel clean and right side up and prepared for the reception of the heavenly rain. And keep praying, Let the latter rain come into my vessel. You are God's vessel, the very temple for His Holy Spirit. It's time to clean away all the hard feelings, the bad blood, 
and the alienation which may be lingering in your vessel. It is time to become one again, just as those disciples did in the early days, those church members in the early days, by putting away all of their differences, <laughs> just like Peter. The disciples were a real mess. The animosity between them was so thick that you could actually cut it with a knife. And Jesus was going to be leaving them soon. What would he do? What could he do to reach their hearts and soften them so that they could become children of the king? Judas was the first whose feet Jesus washed. Judas had already closed the contract to deliver Jesus into the hands of the priests and the scribes. And Christ knew his secret, but he didn't expose him. He hungered for his soul. His heart was crying, oh, how can I give you up? He hoped that this act in washing Judas's feet would touch the heart of the erring disciple and save him from his compelling act, the one of disloyalty. For a moment, the heart of Judas thrilled through and through with the, the impulse to confess his sin right then and there. Oh, he just, he was ready to jump out of his skin almost, but he continued to listen to the whispers of the adversary who was standing nearby. He decided he would not humble himself and he hardened his heart against repentance and would not succumb to the urgings of the Spirit. He made his choice, and now he was offended at Christ's act. If Jesus would humble himself like this, well, he could not be the king of Israel. How, how could he do such a thing? No, even Judas, had he repented, would have been received and pardoned. The guilt of his soul would have been washed away by the atoning blood of Jesus Christ but self-confident and self-exalted, cherishing a high estimate of his own wisdom, he justified his course of action. And now it was Peter's turn. When Peter came, Peter was unable to restrain himself. And he exclaimed in absolute astonishment, Lord, if you wash my feet, what? Ah, this is humiliating. I can't stand it. I don't want you to wash my feet. He thought Christ a king, and now he was going to do the task of a servant. You will never wash my feet. You will never do this. Peter said in the strongest terms, he wanted to push Jesus away. But then Jesus said, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have no part of my work. Well, that immediately touched Peter. There was a ray of light that penetrated the, the mind of this disciple. He saw that the service he'd refused was actually a, a type of higher cleansing, the spiritual cleansing, if you will, of mind and heart. He could not endure the thought of being separated from Jesus Christ. Not my feet only, he said, but, but also my hands and my head. See, at the promptings of the Holy Spirit, Judas had hardened his heart and he'd left the presence of God. But Peter, Peter on the other hand, chose the opposite course and allowed God to continue the transformation process. At age 75, my mom and dad, Jim and Jeanette, became Christians, and they were baptized. This was an exciting time for Janine and for me because we'd been praying for them to come to Christ for so long. Their joy was evident from the, the very beginning. They made new friends at church, and they joined in to help missions in other parts of the world. Why, well, it was so exciting for them. There was, however, one large problem that kept cropping up. You see, in my dad's new experience, he still had terrible feelings about his sister who had wronged him years earlier. The hurt ran so deeply, he refused to forgive her, and he'd not talked to her for many years. This hate had festered so long that it was poisoning him from the inside out. 
Someone once said that hate is like taking poison and expecting to kill the other person. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is relentless, desiring our greatest good. The Lord continued to speak to my father until one day he picked up the phone, called his sister, and the festering wound was healed. This vessel had been cleansed and God was the winner now. It was evident in my dad's smile and mannerisms that the burden had been rolled away. Many people think that they have no part in the reconciliation process, even if they're not the ones at fault. But remember, neither was Jesus Christ at fault. In his book, Radical, David Platt says these words, quote, he stands ready to allocate his power to all who are radically dependent upon him and radically devoted to making much of him, end quote. What a God we serve. When the disciples walked out of the upper room on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.6 indicates that the crowds had already begun to gather because of the rushing tornado-like sound that brought fire of the Holy Spirit to their lives. Set on fire by God, the disciples were ready to take advantage of every opportunity God set in their pathway. On the day of Pentecost, they witnessed the mighty fire of the Spirit at work in the hearts of an ever-expanding crowd and knew that was their invitation to partner with God for the saving of many people. Are you able to identify God at work in and around your everyday life and willing to partner with Him regardless of the earthly cost? When you open your life to the Holy Spirit, He will reveal where He's working. He did it for Jesus and He'll do the same for you. And as you grow in your understanding of how God works and become better able to see Him at work, your life will take on a new and exciting dimension. Jim and Janine Eyre have created a 12-week study guide designed to lead you into a deeper and more meaningful walk with Christ. If you're a brand new Christian or have been going to church your entire life, this guide is for you. It's perfect for individual study or for an entire group. The greatest gift you can give to your church or your family is Transformation, the 12-week study guide. Order today by calling 800-876-7313 or log on to transformationinfo.com. Ever wonder why your life doesn't reflect the powerful change that's supposed to be part of every Christian experience? Do temptations weigh on you and leave you saying, maybe I'm not trying hard enough or wondering if God's holding up His end of the deal? Could there be some secret everyone but you knows? Well, there is a well-kept secret and few Christians know about it or talk about it until now. Transformation may be the most exciting and life-changing book you'll ever read. It's not only upbeat and easy to read, but powerful in its message, the message of transformation. Jim Eyre exposes plans that have successfully kept the truth from Christians for decades, truth that will allow you to become the happiest Christian imaginable. Don't miss out. Order Transformation today by calling 800-876-7313 or log on to transformationinfo.com. This is perhaps one of the greatest books ever written on the biblical teachings of Christ. Jesus used parables to open the vistas of heaven to the people and to expand their thinking. As no other book has ever done, Ellen White unwraps the parables, allowing us to see Christ our salvation revealed in all of his beauty and splendor throughout each and every page. Order your copy today by calling 800-876-7313.
7313 or logging on to transformationinfo.com. The Dead Sea lies between Israel and Jordan. It's over 1,300 feet below sea level, the lowest point on the planet. Vital nutrients designed by the Creator to provide life to the planet flow downward into this basin, and they become trapped. What was meant to bring life stagnates and dies. Likewise, in order to have life, you must share what God is sharing with you. Jesus said, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Look on the fields, for they are white to harvest already. It was true then, and it's true now. The harvest of souls hungering to find hope is massive, and God is calling you to join Him at work. There is no doubt that God wants you to join Him. Well, <laughs> you can impact the world for God as long as He is abiding in you. You know, you can't stay where you are when God has asked you to join Him at work. What is the work He's asked? Well, fishing for men and women. As the children of the Lord, fishing is not optional, as Pam and Dan Bullock discovered. Dan and Pam had been our good friends for years. As a lifelong church member and the wife of a surgeon, Pam did not feel that witnessing was for her. Certainly, it was optional. No. No, I'm very shy, really. Most people don't think that because I'm pretty outgoing in some ways, but I've been very shy about verbally witnessing. I've been just quietly working, doing my job, being my good little Seventh-day Adventist self, but I would never really say much. But I, I think that unless you're really willing to grow, that's not enough. One of the main reasons I fell in love with her was that she had a heart for the Lord from the very beginning. She was a youth leader at her church. Uh, but many of us fall into the mistaken belief that it's okay to just be ourselves, uh, love people as they are, and uh, not really actively share. Maybe occasionally uh, a word of prayer here and there on the sly, but uh, nothing outright because we don't want to offend people. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pam went from being a loving, caring person, going to a community Bible study with other women and things early on, to a woman who overcame her fear of going to third world countries on mission trips. <laughs> and uh, even recently overcame another big fear. Well, she had never wanted to have Bible studies with people. She was desperately afraid of uh, going to study the Bible. Even though she's a good Bible student herself, she just didn't see herself doing that. And uh, she recently went and learned how to give Bible studies uh, on her own without me even prompting her. So it was a, a wonderful thing for her and for me to watch. What's amazing is that Bible studies really are fun. I would never say that as a typical Pam. Uh, it's just what was amazing was that my friend Patty just made it pleasurable for me. She didn't put any pressure on me. She just invited me to go. I took my Bible. I just followed along. And believe it or not, they have guides. Who would think? I. I was always thinking that Bible studies were where I would take my Bible and just have to know all the scriptures. If anybody asked me a question, I'd have to open it up and just be able to know the answer. No, thank goodness. I didn't have to. The guides are there to kind of lead you along. They open up questions, they, and you have more verses that you can look up, and it just, it all falls into place. And of course, that's God.
Yeah, highly recommend it. It's, it's a really good growing experience. What's cool about it is once you've learned to recognize where the Lord is working, uh, you can see Him do all sorts of amazing things. So in this particular situation, uh, the couple they were studying with uh, happened to uh, get interested in coming to church uh, from my medical practice. And I had invited them to church and then to see Pam and uh, her friend uh, invite them to study the Bible to see if they were interested and then go and see it develop from me being concerned for these people, offering to pray with these people, inviting them to church, and then seeing Pam follow it up and seeing her find a, a new way of sharing her love of Jesus uh, in an area where she never would have thought uh, to have the confidence before. Uh, she just blossomed in that area. The Holy Spirit can really do amazing things. Well, I made up my mind early on in practice that I wanted to touch people and let them know that I cared about them. But uh, at that time, I wasn't an active prayer for people. It wasn't until we experienced God in this way, showing us how He was at work in people's lives that I began to be much more open to the fact that every day was a fresh opportunity to see the Lord at work and uh, to join Him there and see where people were having challenges and to reveal to them that they're in a spiritual battle against the principalities and powers in the heavens above and that they have power potentially available on their side through prayer. Uh, I just couldn't not pray with them anymore. I was thinking about when you invited those girls to church, they came to church, you were on call. You didn't even go to church that day. And so the pressure was really on me at that point to go up and introduce myself and meet them, which I would have normally just let Dan do it because he already knew them. But since he wasn't there, God forced me sort of into this situation. And then of course my friend Patty helped me out and then she took bread to them and she set it up and you know, she just made it easy for me. And I think when you're in a situation where somebody makes it easy for you, then you learn from it and you enjoy it. Yeah, you grow and sometimes it's faster, sometimes it's slower, sometimes you feel little pauses and sometimes those are your fault. Uh, but uh, the experience of uh, working with the Holy Spirit to actively seek souls every day is, uh, it just can't be beat. You know, Dan and Pam's rebirth experience with Christ really began right here in this home. I know because my wife and I were part of that group. Dan and I talked at the time and came to the conclusion that the Holy Spirit was missing in our lives. We decided to get together for study and prayer, not unlike those disciples on the day of Pentecost, only we needed far more help. Our tool was the study guide that laid out five days of study and prayer each week. It seemed like a big commitment at the time, but as we can now all testify, it was life-changing and well worth it. Janine and I remember those times of great joy with wonderful happiness. As we see the fire in the hearts of God's people go out today, we yearn for that time when more Christians will wake up and prepare for the Lord's soon return. For that reason, we've written Transformation. It's a study guide, a 12-week study guide, and also a book. It's designed to lead you to a closer walk with your God than ever before. We urge you to start your study now.